another race is won. Welcome to the EFTM Formula One podcast. Thanks to KO Sports with Trevor Long, Harry Tucker and Connor McNally. The boys are with me right now. And before we get cracking, for those people that have woken up, they're thinking about getting dressed and heading for work. What should they do, Harry Tucker? Should they watch the KO Mini or should they smash out the whole race, my friend? Let's watch the race. Like, I feel like I haven't said that in a while, but it, it was... There was enough tension throughout the whole race, even if there wasn't enough, you know, wheel to wheel to, I think, warrant the full race watch. What about you, Connor? Oh, I was thinking you go to the KO Mini in the morning on the way to work, listen, and then watch the race at home tonight. But I think I have to agree with Harry. Go with the race. It was so good in terms of strategy and the fact that Max and Lewis are just fighting tooth and nail for the entire race. And yeah, it was it's worthy of watching the entire race. Man, I spent the last five minutes thinking I'll be the only one to say watch the whole race. And here you are. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a fair well, assumption given what normally um, happens. Find the time is what we're saying. Find the time to log on to KO and uh, enjoy the entire race. Uh it's uh, it's a cracking race. We'll unpack it all in a, in a minute. But it was a, it was a good race to watch from uh, from flag to flag, from lights to flag, uh, and you can do all that on ko kosports.com.au. Of course, uh, the ko mini is there to catch up if you don't have the entire time for it. it's only about an hour and a half race, so that's really not that bad. But the ko mini is there for you as well when it's ready later this morning. And of course, a bunch coming up on ko. Still another weekend at Sydney with the V8s, the Bathurst 1000 at the end of November, early December and the uh, Tim Zoo fight this Wednesday night. So lots happening on KO, lots to unpack, uh, and you can do all that at kosports.com.au. Boys, um, you know, a great race. Uh, honestly, um, an enjoyable weekend, I've got to say. Uh, Connor, this was the, the third and final sprint weekend um, mm. uh, of the year. Oh, let, let's get to the very end of the podcast and talk about our thoughts on that overall, whether we should continue that and how it should continue next year. But not a bad way to run out the weekend for Lewis with a win. Um, but really, the story of the weekend is him coming from behind entirely in, in in every single session. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we knew that he was going to take it. When we found out that he was going to take a five-place grid penalty at the beginning of the weekend to change the internal combustion engine of the power unit, I think we're thinking, okay, it's not that bad, you know. But then the whole story came into full circle. It bloomed when we found out that Max... Or not Max, Lewis copped a disqualification for the DRS being about 0.2 millimeter or something outside of the legal obligations of Point that DRS. Two is outside. That's it. It's, it's as Christian Horner says, it's binary. It's either right <laughs> or it's wrong. <laughs> and it, basically, Hamilton got disqualified from pole position in the for the sprint race, which meant he had to start from rear of grid. Max Verstappen basically got given a free kick, if you like to call that. Although that being said, it wasn't really a free kick in the sprint because Bottas won that race. And I think it was more strategic than anything when you think about the Constructors' Championship. But that drive by Hamilton in the sprint, he made up 15 places, minimised the damage for the penalty that he was going to have to serve at the start of the race, the five-place grid penalty. He started in 10th. And boy, within a few laps of the main race this morning, yeah. he, he basically neutralised the entire penalty as and a I result. Think Harry, that's really the point here, isn't it? The um, the race was um, no, it, it was a race of two, but early on it was a very strategic race. You have Valtteri and Sergio playing their role. Um, you know, let, let's go back to the very very start here, Harry. It was um, it was an orderly opening lap, except for mm. Lando Norris 
uh, tagging a rear tire on, I think it was Carlos's Carlos, front yeah. wing. Yep. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, you know, more processional than we might have expected from uh, from such a chaotic kind of first oh, turn. Well, I know you you especially were very disappointed. Um, yes. A lot of your uh, gambling endeavours based on that first lap <laughs> chaos that never happened. So, uh, Pure bit speculation, of, of course. Bit of bad Gamble luck. Responsibly. <laughs> but no, it's, it was, yeah, it ended up being a bit of a procession and, and it's a bit of a surprise um, for Interlagos because it's sort of one of the more open tracks to like wheel-to-wheel racing with just how Did it you just say Interlagos again? I'm no, I'm not going to because like, as no, soon as you it, said it really well, you oh, said it I? like proper. Oh, it yes. felt weird coming out of my mouth. Like it was. <laughs> oh, no, my friend, that sounded. That's good. pretty. That was good. That sounded. Have you been to Brazil? No, no. That's Maybe that I had should. a Portuguese tang to it. Oh, thank you. I won't say it again because <laughs> now I'm too. I'm too in my head now, and it's going to come out okay. weird. Just like casually right. drop it in uh, next episode. A reference. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not in my head. But anyway, <laughs> normally a good wheel-to-wheel track. Didn't quite happen like that. But I think what actually created the tension today was the temperature because it forced the two stops. And then that, like, you know, the, everyone was going for the different undercuts. And ultimately, Lewis gained quite a bit of time on the undercut on the, the, the first stop. Um, but otherwise, I think, yeah, it had, for some reason, compared to what we've previously seen here, it could have been quite processional, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, so the top 10, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Valtteri Bottas, Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, uh, Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso, we'll talk about shortly, uh, Lando Norris uh, grabbing a point uh, for 10th. Connor, I mean, you've got you to gotta give it to Lewis here. It was a remarkable opening few laps. He, mm. he passed everyone but the Red Bulls by lap five. Um, yeah, that was pretty you know, impressive. Like... Uh, you know, there was a lot of conjecture in the hours before the race about how he did really well to come from 20th in the sprint race, but that's a different story because it's a different uh, caliber of of uh, car uh, further back down the field. Man, he passed some quality drivers and cars to get that far up in, in just five laps. It is, oh. it, you know, it, I, I, I say negative things about Lewis all the time uh, from an attitudinal point of view, but Mate, he is one hell of a driver. Oh, without a question. And look, we, we, we can question sometimes his attitude and, you know, he can act like a child at the best of times. We've pointed that out in previous episodes of the podcast. But there's nothing bad about his driving. And I think what's also helped him as well is that that new internal combustion engine component of the power unit was nice and fresh, had a lot yeah. of power, and that definitely helped in the performance of the Mercedes this morning. It was just brilliant. And we knew as soon as Hamilton worked his way up to the Red Bulls, we knew that he had a race on his hand, but we, we mm. all did actually, and, and that was really entertaining. That those so, opening few laps, we, uh, Harry, we had uh, Yuki Tsunoda, the only driver that chose the soft tire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a bold move. You would you would definitely say because it could give you the chance to a get a good start and b you know carve through a little bit. He kind of threw that all away yeah. on lap seven by pushing too hard on Lance yes. Stroll. Yeah, like that was, I was about to say that was, it would have been, he would have been a good test case for that, whereas it was kind of those first seven laps and then, oh, did Sergio end up getting the fastest lap with the softs at the end? I missed yes, that. He did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So there you're only sort of soft examples there, but even all the teams were, were saying on the mediums that they were, you know, when they were coming off the cars up to that first pit stop, that the tires look like shit. And, that, and that's why in those second and third stints, they, they didn't end up using them. Uh, much to, I think, was it Lewis who was upset that he he didn't get yeah, the mediums? He was, yeah, he was fuming. You know, he obviously the uh, the team engineers end up knowing better with the victory he got. Um, but it, it seemed to be that temperature just sort of limited it to basically that the the hard tires today. 
the, well, the, 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 the wing damage that Sonoda suffered ruined his race because he, uh, you know, he, he gave away the advantage he had from the tyres. He, um, he, he hit Lance Stroll, who, you know, whose carbon fibre was littered for many laps through the race. We got a safety car uh, on lap seven, which, you know, was a good thing because Lewis had literally just gotten to third. By the way, um, Valtteri just let him sail past, as he should. They inverted. Um, but it was a strong restart, Connor, from from Max because you know, and any race driver could see what was going to happen, and we 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 got that knowledge through Martin Brundle of you know he was going to take this thing all the way to the to the start line because mm. he didn't need to give anyone a slipstream. But it was a strong restart, and that was that was impressive stuff from Max. It was a very impressive, and look, it was very well calculated by Max. I honestly thought when he backed up the entire field, obviously there was a lot of tactics and gameplay going on, mind games and all that. And I thought about what happened last year at um, uh, Magello when we had the the, you know, the backing up of the field and yeah. we had all those incidents. I was thinking, oh, no, not again. But luckily, nothing of that happened. And we had a very, very clean start. And Max got away pretty strongly in that restart. But it took a little while for Lewis to really get his, uh, get his mojo back once the field was underway. And mm. once uh, Hamilton got past Sergio, uh, it was game on. Well, I mean... Re- you know, re- recap there a little bit for people. Uh, it's it's a fascinating thing because Mick Schumacher, Harry, got some um, crazy wing damage. His, his front mm. wing was literally under his car for an entire lap, um, which brought out the virtual safety car because there was just so a couple of virtual around. safety cars. There were two, um, yeah. yeah we got, it's got, odd. Got yeah, one. You don't really see virtual safety cars that much. It, it was, you know, uh, an abundance of caution for a lot of carbon fibre, um, one of which I can't remember when it was, but one of which took way too long to come out. It was like, dude, that it was the Sonoda thing. The mm. Sonoda um, uh, Lance Stroll crash, and it was a, a, a lap and a half before they brought out the safety car. It's like, dude, there's carbon fiber there, just pull it out anyway. Um, uh, uh, virtuals under virtual safety car, I thought to be honest, I thought Hamilton was a bit racy. I think he gained a little advantage under the virtual safety car, but you're allowed to push the boundaries of your, of your delta. But ha- Harry Sergio. And Hamilton was like, that's a reason to watch the whole race because it was just such a great build up to it. It was lap 18. Hamilton got past, but then Sergio passed back. It was great to watch. Oh, yeah. That was, you know, I said just before there was sort of not that much wheel to wheel racing, but there was that one. And that was, that was great there. And Sergio, I think, is, you know, in that, even though, you know, obviously Lewis got past in the end, the fact that there was that bit of a battle and he could take some time out of there and help Max you know, stay out there a bit longer. It's the role he needs to play in that seat. And he's finally, mm. you know, starting to come into it more. Like the yeah. fact that it is a, a one, two, three, four Mercedes Red Bull. Like that's where obviously they, they'd rather him in the third spot ahead of uh, Valtteri there. But like that's that's where he, he needs to be. And that's what they want out of that seat. Spot on. And then he needs to, if he's not in 30, he needs to have fourth by a long advantage so he can pull that point back as he did today. Um, you know, the interesting thing for me was um, it, it felt like the, everyone was thinking Lewis is going to get past uh, into second and, you know, surge ahead to, to uh, Max. He had a 3.6 second gap to the lead after he got uh, past Perez. And he was still that for many laps, like several laps. It was um, about, I think, six or seven, maybe even eight laps. Uh, Pierre Gasly pitted. Um, he went and came in to take advantage of a, a new set of hards, which I think was a, you know, a, a junior team you know, guys, let's just go and find out how this is going so that before we come in <laughs> up at Red Bull. Hamilton, Hamilton was still 3.8 seconds behind, you know, eight laps later on lap 26. And it was lap 27 when he came in pretty much immediately after Gasly uh, uh, went, went in because I felt, you know, they were basically saying, look, if Gasly's out, 
and Connor, I think this is that kind of sister team strategy. Mm. If Gasly's out getting data for Red Bull, Red Bull's going to wait for that one lap and they're going to get that data. So Mercedes went, no, we're coming in. And Connor, that was critical because it allowed Hamilton to essentially attempt the undercut on Max. Oh, of course. And with Gasly pitting on that particular lap, Mercedes thought had to say, look, they obviously are going to give the data to Red Bull. We have to get on top of them. We have to get the undercut. And they got pretty much the undercut. Um, even though Verstappen basically got ahead of him on track, the, the amount of time that Verstappen, uh, well, Hamilton gained from that pit stop was in, was impressive. It, it was, it was at least two, two seconds. seconds. It yeah, was two, two seconds. seconds. You know, he, he, he was, he was 3.8 behind by my, my reading. I didn't look at the exact data, but just the basics that we were seeing. And he came out 1.5 behind Max. Now, you could say he came out behind Daniel Ricciardo and was held up by half a second, maybe, but I don't think so. I think he he was pretty easily got past Ricciardo, didn't he, Harry? And and he was able to you know get close to Max, but it just took a long time before he got close enough. Yeah, and and obviously then once he did get close, he was sort of behind for uh like before that first incident, it was probably like five or six laps before he before we got to the bit where he was pushed off. Was that? Was it longer? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. no, no, I think I, th- I think it's wa- it's way further on. It's actually this is the critical, this is the amazing thing. It was lap twenty seven they did those kind of first stops. Um, it was you know a good thirty nine laps in before Hamilton was still unable to get to DRS of Max. Max and there was a great radio message, wasn't there, boys? Where Max oh, goes, yeah, "Don't sense. let them under- undercut us again," because you know Max looked at that and went, "We got undercut," and he got closer to me. But it's like you're in the lead. That's the that's the risk of mm. being the leader, Connor. Is yeah, you're you're the one that has to either put it on the line because you're stopping and they're not, or put it on the line by waiting for them and and risking the undercut, Connor. That's the whole point of the strategy in these races. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Red Bull were kind of caught asleep by the fact that Mercedes undercut them, and no wonder Max was a bit fuming by that because he knew that. Lewis with a very quick car was very much, you know, gaining a lot of time on him. And as the race wore on, we could see that Hamilton was just, he had a much more superior car tonight, I think, compared to, to Hamilton. Uh, he did. But Harry, I think the, the thing is that there was three parts to this race because it was two stopper. The early part on the mediums, Lewis did very well because he got through the field and all those things. But in that middle, middle uh, stint on hards, Lewis didn't really do that much. Like no, he, no. he he gained only no. in in the pit stop. He didn't really gain on the track. It was thirty nine laps in. He was not within DRX. Forty one laps in. Max stopped. So this was to me. I was like, wow, that's that's a big deal well. because yeah, like it, the it, that was a short stint for for hard tires. It was a short stint. Um, Max stops first. Lewis stops um, another three laps later. Um, with a 2.7 second differential. And then, you know, maybe three, four laps, he's right on max. And this is where it gets, I mean, if you have to fast forward, this is where you want to go to, you know, lap lap 44 to 50, basically, because, you know, Lewis catches max, Harry, and it's it's a pretty epic thing because you kind of forget about the second DRS zone that comes after the center S's, don't you? But that's where it all happened for uh, for Max and Lewis in uh, in a bad way in many ways. Yeah, so obviously, as we're saying, Lewis is caught up. Um, and at the end of that straight, Max is trying to defend. But probably 
goes a little bit too wide, I'd say, um, and pushes. Probably. <laughs> well, the, the Stuarts <laughs> deemed no incident, so uh, that, that's why I put my little probably in there, even though it definitely was. Um, pushes Lewis <laughs> <laughs> and himself off a bit. Uh, Lewis ends up basically losing uh, a lot of the ground he's made there to be in that DRS zone, and he's burnt a mm. bunch of tires to get to that point as well. But he's got a, he's got those few laps advantage. Um, but basically, from then it's 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 another what, another ten laps before he gets back um, and and finally does yeah, the move. It's, but it's... there was a bit of drama in there between uh, between the teams and the team radio. I think Michael Massey was handling it quite well, um, even if the stewards didn't make the decision. Like a solid Aussie smartass he oh, was. just a complete smartass. <laughs> yep. Great. Um, but, yeah, that was that, – that, I'm surprised that nothing got called there, like considering the things that have been called. and Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in reality, I, I think there's very few – they must have something and they must release whatever it is yeah. that, that gives them some pause for thought because, you know, you've basically got Max on the inside, Connor, you got yep. Lewis on the outside on the racing line. Max not only, frankly, outbreaks himself, but but is unable to steer fully through the corner. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't care whether he had full lock on and understeered. It doesn't matter. He he pushed him, him wide. If, oh, he did. He did. Isn't like let, let's be clear. If they've got an onboard or data that shows the car is you know the wheel is turned and the brakes are applied, I feel Skull's a bit still, too obsessed with that though. <laughs> Like it was like yeah, a ten but... minute period. Where like, show us the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> look, I... <laughs> it was like I the. Oh, look. Uh... No, go on. Sorry. Look, I would have, lo- I would have loved to have seen the front view of Verstappen's on board. I, I really would have. It would have given us some clarity. But even without that, did... how how is it possible that's? What could they say, Connor? That makes you think? Oh, you're right. No, it's no no investigation necessary. Not sure. I, I honestly not sure. I, I think. It was a racing incident, but I, it, according to the officials, but it, it was quite clear to me that Verstappen was deliberately trying to push Mac, uh, Lewis off. You know, th- they are fighting for a championship. I don't know if he was trying I, to push him off. Yeah, exactly. I think it's. I think it's too much to say he was trying to push him off. I think he was defending outside of the car's abilities, mm. and I think that's that's where you've got to ask the question, Harry. What? Like what's right, what's wrong, what are you allowed to do? Because I think it, I think the simple thing we ask ourselves is what could the FIA show us that makes us think it's not a penalty? Now, mm. is it something Lewis did? Is it is it the way Lewis maybe turned? I don't know because I personally can't think of a thing that will make me think that Max didn't cause that. And it doesn't matter in the end because obviously Max didn't um, uh, didn't win the race, but. Should Max have got a drive-through or a ten-second penalty or something here? Uh, I, mean, I think so. Yeah, I, possibly. Um, I, like for me, the the biggest problem is more the inconsistency. Like we can go True. like a weekend like this mm. where nothing is called, and then there are other weekends where you know it's it's just a very light touch or or something very minor well, well, and that I gets think, penalized. I think you make I think you make a brilliant point, and I think if we Harry, you first, if if we were Creating motorsports pinnacle event, um, Formula One. It's this. This is the race, and this was the first race. And you're forming the rules based on this. Do you penalise that kind of thing anyway? Look, if if we take out yeah, if we take out the rest of the context, I I don't think I'd want to penalise it. Like it wasn't. He he was off the limits, uh, off the track limit there, but it wasn't dangerously so. And as long as it's not Connor? dangerous, 
um, I think that's it's not that bad. But yeah, for me, it's the inconsistency. Connor, there's been quite a few inconsistencies all season long from the FIA in terms of penalties. Um, yeah, but leave you know, them aside. Forget they leave exist. them aside. Forget they exist. I think it was just a racing incident. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, both of them got back onto the track. They continued the racing. Um, there was no real damage concerned uh, in terms yeah. of the drivers and the cars. Fair game, I think. So game on. Yeah, I and think it was I game think on. Fans, I think as fans, we want that kind of racing. But I think as stewards, they are obviously bound by the need to create safe environment too here. And I think Max and Lewis at Silverstone um, is probably an example of you know another racing incident, but could have been much worse mm. for the driver involved. So if you look at the spectacular nature of the crash, so mm. and I, I think and I think and I think you've also got to include what happened at Monza as well when we, when we yeah. saw what happened there. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating one because, you know, we, and I, I just caught myself there thinking, you know, they should be penalizing him and then thinking, but we've said so many times it's a racing yeah. incident, let it go. So we're, I am I know I know in myself if someone was to look back, I'm being a hypocrite, but essentially what we want is we want racing to determine the outcomes and not penalties. Now, we're lucky in this case that Lewis, 12 laps later, 10 laps later, was able to catch him and pass him and pull it off. And that's a big win for the sport because it meant that, you know, this isn't a cloud hanging over the first and second place. It's just a cloud hanging over Max, really. Um, so it can we can kind of let it go, can't we? But but it's just so good because I've got to say, and I said this to you boys during the race, I don't remember cheering for Lewis so much in a long time. <laughs> I was thinking that it's like even just like the general sentiment on Twitter and, you know, another – another Formula One group chat that, that I have with some friends. And it's just like thinking back between 12 months ago to now. And if it was unanimously everyone going, yes, go Lewis. It would just, it was not a thing a year ago. We're just so no. fickle as fans. I think what the thing is, because Hamilton was winning so much last oh, year. Yeah, and look, he's been winning fatigue. a lot of late. It's that, yeah, exactly. That mm-hmm. fatigue of, a, oh, here we go again, you know. And because Hamilton... Yeah, he can be a child, as I've said before. But when he drives out of his skin, we go, shit, he's actually a bloody good driver. And it's moments like what we've seen this morning that is the proof and the point that, yeah, he's fighting for a championship, but he hasn't fought like this in a very long time. And I think we're seeing some of the best driving from Hamilton in a very, very long time. And it's a bit frustrating because it's like we could have, should have, we wish we had this level of competition mm. for the last five years, let alone more. So mm. that's what's disappointing here is that the the, the tweak to, to the regs this year is what's helped Red Bull. Um, and Mercedes would argue that's a bad thing because they helped one team, but it doesn't matter that they've they've created something epic and um, we've got to we've got to embrace that because this is going to be a deserved world champion no matter what happens now because we've got three races to go. Um, Bottom line, um, it was it was a cracking race, kind of, you know, start to finish in many ways. There are bits and pieces where you can kind of wander off and get a coffee, but um, certainly well worth seeing all the action. The only thing I'd say disappointingly, and this is a tough thing to say given how awesome the race was up front, is I think there was a li- little bit more action out the back than, than, than we know about. Um, mm. That that totem pole mm. was flicking around a bit here and there, and, and like there was a moment where the TV uh, showed – uh, Vettel passing Ricardo, but clearly that had been resulted by something earlier happening because Ricardo was originally in the other position, and then Ricardo got him back, and they had to show that it was just I felt like we missed a bit, and I felt I felt like yeah. that was uh, a bit frustrating overall. But uh, that's 
that's an FIA coverage thing, really, isn't it, Harry? Well, there was a thing with, yeah, yeah, there was a, a battle with Kimmy and George, which I don't think we saw one frame of. Not at all. Um, but you could mm. you could see it in the timesheet. Uh, so that was a bit frustrating. But yeah, just a lot of a lot of angles of the same shot is uh, what I'll yeah. say. And you know what? We'll give them that this time around because it was uh, it, it was a good race. But we, you just need to be cautious that um, there is more happening, and I think the sport itself needs to be seen as more than just uh, uh, Lewis and Max, even though that's the race for the lead and the, and the championship. Uh, we do it all thanks to Ko. If you haven't got Ko, jump on to ko.sports.com. That you sign up. For, uh, for a freebie, which means you can watch all the F1 practice sessions at the upcoming three Grand Prix, plus a bunch of other great sport available for free and shows to watch for free whenever you want on KO. And uh, we think you'll end up knowing what it is and loving what it is. It's a good way to sample KO and understand live sports streaming before you then jump in. Um, pay you 25 bucks and get uh, access to KO on all your devices. Boys, from a team perspective, and we'll go to the championship in a little bit, but this was a massive one for Ferrari because they had consistency. They were there in fifth and sixth where they need to be um, for the championship. Um, and I think, Harry, that's a critical one for them because they just showed solid, solid consistency um, as a team the last uh, few weekends. Yeah, like they've been, they've just been in that solid sort of middle of the top 10, um, staying both cars ahead of McLaren. And that's it. That's how, that's how you beat McLaren. Be, be in front that's of them. Right. That's what they're doing. That, um, that's how you get those points. Yeah, it's, which um, which has been this weekend in particular, though, has been the opposite for McLaren. Complete disaster for them, you could probably say, considering the DNF from Daniel mm. with a with a bad Mercedes engine, then Lando's first lap resulting in one point. Um, sorry, Connor, I feel like I'm still in your thunder here talking about points to the teams. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, run, no, You'll run through the actual championship <laughs> later, Harry. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, exactly. No, no. You, you steal my thunder. Go right oh, ahead. No, I'm basically done there. Good good weekend <laughs> I, I for think, Ferrari, no, bad Connor, for McLaren. I think, yeah. Connor, have a look, though, at 8th and ninth here. Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso. But to be clear, I'm pretty sure they won't stop that. I think they did. Um, I think they looked yeah, at Alon- it. Yeah, Alonso stayed out the longest. That I do remember. And he pitted around the half race distance mark. Yeah. So. I think when you look at the – when I was looking at the lap chart, most people had done four stops because there was a couple of uh, pit drive-throughs during safety car. Um, and they'd only done three. And I think that's because they won't stop. And, and it's smart because you look at it as a team and you go, we're in eighth and ninth. And if we two stop this, we're going to end up in 11th and 12th or maybe 12th and 13th. Why? Like, why not push when you've you've got Lando? I don't know what the gap was in the end because the, the overall time sheet doesn't show it. But I think that was a very smart strategic decision. They, they showed some solid pace. They were racy today. Um, I think that's a, the deserving good result, Connor, for Alpine. Yeah, definitely. And it helps them in the battle for fifth in the Constructors' Championship as well against AlphaTauri. We'll look at those points very shortly. But... It probably was the best outcome for Alpine. Um, yeah. Obviously, AlphaTauri probably didn't have the best of races. But I've got to say, the battle of the Frenchies between Gasly and mm. Ocon near the end of the race, that could have got real ugly because <laughs> they almost touched going into the centre chicane. And, uh, yeah, that, it could have ended in tears there. Well, and I think there would have been a few French supporters that uh, might have cringed at that moment. Well, let's talk about Gasly. I think, Harry, this is probably a disappointing weekend him. for him. Seventh is great. It's points. but um, you know, he didn't he qualify fourth, and so yeah. sprint race result and um and unable to do anything with this race. I think he'll be disappointed by this weekend. I mean, and that, and the fact that we're saying that is is saying such big things. Staggering, about him. isn't it? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to be disappointed in seventh behind the the, the Ferraris, Mercedes, and Red Bulls. But yeah. in terms of the standard that he's been setting, is is yes, 
Um, and especially when you consider the fact that, you know, the, the McLaren team was basically out of the race in, in the sense mm. of being, you know, up in front of him, um, mm. where it, it seems like an average race for him when he's been doing so well. And I think he was, in terms of the qualifying as well, though, I think it kind of, um, I guess that position, though, could have been a bit of a false flag with, with Lewis's, uh, how he ended up um, with qualifying in the sprint. But yeah, mm. for Pierre, it, it, it could have been better, but he's basically that AlphaTauri team. Like, <laughs> what's the, the split yeah. between him and Yuki? It's, it's, it's all him. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, all, it's all Pierre, as we said last race, too. Um, there's really no other major standouts to talk about from a driver or a team perspective, to be honest. Um, you know, um, we, we had two DNFs with uh, Daniel, as you mentioned, and Lance Stroll. Uh, I assume it was damaged by, from that incident, but. Don't know what else might have caused it, but um, Lance was I, the I, first. I think it was his, his, yeah, his underbody. Um, yeah, just it was, like exploded. It was, the pretty much. was really badly damaged by Yuki. Yeah. In terms of Dan, it was a sudden loss of power. That's what McLaren were reporting on social. So um, something, yeah. I don't know what's happened to the Mercedes power unit there, but uh, yeah, a very rare. Uh, occurrence where Daniel was retired from this race because of an engine issue. I just wonder, will they now take a, an engine penalty going into Qatar next weekend? Yeah. Uh, Harry, you did mention, actually, uh, Kimi and George. It's not a bad result for George in 13th in between the two Alfa Romeos. Yeah. I mean, again, Daniel retires, so really it's kind of like a, a 14th, I'd say. Um, mm. But not too bad. But he's... I was thinking about this during the race. Like, he's kind of died off in terms of, like, interest from media, from everyone... And just him being, you know, getting results on track since he's he signed that Mercedes deal. Well, he's done the deal now. Yeah, so that's it. Everyone can mm. drop off. Leave me alone. Leave him alone. We don't care yeah. anymore because he's. We'll worry about him next year when he's wearing a, a, a silver arrows outfit, right? Like, like and he he's British, right. and I don't even think Sky mentioned him once this entire race. Yeah, it's weird. That's a, actually, that's that's the most remarkable thing there. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very true. Um, all right, Connor, uh, championship standings uh, from a constructor's point of view, um, Ooh, still yeah. uh, either either of them's race. Well, we went into the event with a point between Mercedes and Red Bull. It became two points uh, in the favour of Mercedes after the sprint. It is now twenty. It's now eleven points between Mercedes and Red Bulls. Mercedes gained a huge advantage, mm. albeit slight. 5.21.5 points to 5.10.5 points. In the battle for third, well, that's now blown out to 31.5 points between Ferrari and McLaren. So Ferrari, 287.5 points to McLaren's 256. That single point from Lando, that has hurt them really badly. It was a really bad race for them this morning. Now, in the battle for fifth, Alpine and AlphaTauri are equal on 112 points. So the next mm. three races, the final three races, are going to be exceptionally important. Aston Martin on 68 in seventh, Williams on 23, Alfa Romeo on 11, and Haas on zero. I um I think that's a great result for Alpine to be pushing fifth mm. there, but I don't know if they can keep it up. I think this was strategically a very smart way to get points. But um, I um I do. You, what do you think about McLaren then? Do you think that with three races to go, are they relying on Ferrari to have a a failure of some sorts for them to be able to get that result. Oh, I think they have to. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's if they have a really good race and and the top guys have a really as top guys being your Red Bull and and Mercedes have a really bad race and they end up in a, in a podium and Ferrari sort of you know mid mm. mid top ten late top ten like that that could be enough. Um, so I, look, if if I was to comfortably bet on McLaren getting back in top, I, I probably don't. I don't think I could. 
but at the same time, I, you know, it's not in a situation where it's impossible for them. Yeah. All right, driver standings. Uh, driver stand. Yeah, driver standings now. It's gone from 19 points to 40, ooh, 21 points after the sprint to 14 points. So Verstappen still leads, 332.5 points to Hamilton now on 318.5. So the final three races, they're going to get very, very interesting. Valtteri Bottas has pretty much wrapped up third position at this point, 203 points. Sergio Perez on 178. Lando Norris, 151 points pretty much now guaranteed fifth position, but not by much at the moment. He's about three points ahead of Charles Leclerc, who's still leading the Ferrari battle ahead of Carlos Sainz. So 148 for Leclerc, 139 and a half for Carlos Sainz, Daniel Ricciardo on 105, Pierre Gasly 92, and Fernando Alonso on 62. Tight stuff. It is going to be an epic uh, end to the season. There's no doubt. We've got three races. Um, Qatar, is that next weekend? Yeah, it is. Yes, next um, weekend. 1am 1am next monday morning right yeah thanks for that um really just the perfect timing are they all rubbish times now is that what you're saying to me uh 1am for qatar 4:30am for saudi arabia uh, on monday morning for uh, abu dhabi yeah Right, 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 right. We're all pumped by that, people. We love bringing you this podcast. It's great. Um, All right, so I just want to know from you, I know the sprint races have been uh, renewed for next year. What what are your thoughts now? We've had three of them um, this season. Harry, where where are you at on sprint race format? Um, I'm still not huge on it. Like, I I like the, the tension from qualifying a bit more. I mean, this one was probably the best of the the lot that we've seen this season. And, you know, it definitely adds another dimension in the sense of if you think about it with Lewis this weekend, if that sprint race was was not there, he, he was starting the race from 20th. And we're probably not talking about him winning right now, but he was able to make up, you know, the 10 positions in the sprint race. So mm. that, that definitely played a big a big difference this weekend. But, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on them for every single race. What about you, Connor? You can't do it for every race. I do like the sprint format, but you got to be careful which tracks you got to pick uh, to be run on the sprint format. I think we were just very lucky that Interlagos was one of those tracks that was conducive to very good racing, and particularly for the sprint format. And I think if we didn't have the sprint format for this particular race, Hamilton would not have won it. Yeah, so he was just very, very lucky there. Um, I think you probably maybe need to do a third to half the races with the sprint format in 2022. But I think you, the FIA and Formula One have to be very careful which races should deserve the sprint format or not. But I, I like it. I, I'll say this. I'm a big fan. And I think I'm a big fan because I like watching racing. <laughs> and mm. and I think that that's – see, the thing is, um, you know, I'm a loyalist. I'll, I'll watch every practice, every qualifying, every race when I can. But with these early starts, I've not watched um, the the practices. but this would have me up three nights in a row. I mean, if you had quality, I just, yeah, I think that from a Liberty Media perspective, it's pure genius because you're, if you know, a non-hardcore fan just thinks they're races. I mean, all the bullshit, you know, we talk about qualifying versus pole versus races versus Grand Prix, all that language stuff that goes on with Crofty could just shut up about it for a while because it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, an American who discovered Formula One through Netflix if they stumble across a race, if it's 20 laps or 25, they'll get into it. And if it's short, they might get their attention. I just think that it's 
from a sports perspective. Oh, it's yeah. Genius. I mean, I, I get it. Oh. I get I get why they're doing it, and I, I, I get the potential of it. But, you know, just from a purely personal perspective, uh, I prefer the weekends without it. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, yeah. All right. And one question before. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> Actually, not. Here's a, well, from, from one perspective, if Bernie was still running the, the sprinklers oh. in the sprint. Yeah, yes. But do you think Bernie would have implemented the sprint? Do you think he no, would have actually? Bernie, would, uh, Bernie, for all of his genius, brilliance, everything he did for the sport, it's very clear that this stuff either existed in the minds of people who are unwilling to speak to him because they knew he would say no, or he just didn't have the vision for it. Because I th- also at his core, he's a racer, right? Hmm. So I think you have to come at this from a ownership perspective and go how do we make this thing worth more and we make it worth more by so in radio terms this is very nerdy but in radio terms it's not about how many people are listening it's about how long they're listening right and so mm. in radio we think called tsl time spent listening and while um you know an am breakfast show may have less listeners than an fm they listen for longer and that's i think the formula one strategy is to go look we want x number of people to watch more so we've got this audience of 400 million people. We want them all to tune in twice a weekend, not just once. And I just don't think Bernie had the nous to do that. I don't think he he got it. I don't think I think he was just trying to sell what he's what he's selling um, and do the deals behind, with paper bags and behind closed doors. He was doing. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, Connor. I don't think it would have ever happened. Yeah, I have to agree with that. It's. Uh, I just think yeah, as Bernie was fantastic running the sport for as long as he did. You're right. I don't think he would have had the vision like we've got now with Liberty Media. And I think Liberty have just basically improved what we now see, the spectacle of Formula One. And the fact that we, you know, by virtue of Netflix, you know, it's pure masterstroke to see what we've got now. I think Formula One's probably in its best state in terms of the the fan interaction, the participation, the racing. I think we're onto something really good you here. Know how, you know how Ferrari have this overwhelming power in the sport because of what they bring to the sport? Netflix yeah. should have that same power. Basically, they created uh, you know an incremental audience for this sport that hadn't been seen in decades. And um, <laughs> there's just no doubt that was the most genius. I mean, who? I, I, that's what I want to see is the you know documentary about who came up with that idea, pitched that idea. Was it from Netflix? Was it a random? Was it a, someone in, the, in Liberty? Like, it's just so good because of the the fan base it's created and you know post covid we're obviously seeing big crowds now because there's also a pent up crowd forget netflix forget all the changes we all want to go to melbourne because we haven't seen racing in years and there's years everyone doesn't go every year people go every five years everyone everyone will want to go in 2022 and that's the most exciting thing about next season i reckon harry is the fact that every race is going to be as packed as you know circuit of the americas and and mexico and all these were it's going to be awesome to watch next year oh definitely just like a calendar full of atmosphere i hope but yeah we'll have to book our tickets soon i reckon for thinking that we actually we should we should make a plan on that because it's going to be tough to get accommodation and everything all right um it was a good race uh, i enjoyed it and uh and we've got three more to go folks we'll be back next weekend uh from qatar well from our lounge rooms, but um, <laughs> um the, the sport will be in qatar boys uh thanks again uh talk to you next week See you then. thanks bye